<laughs> Did I scare you? Hello, you are listening to Did I Scare You, the podcast that answers the only question that matters in horror film. I am your host, Jake Albrecht. And I'm his co-host and little brother, Vin. How you doing tonight, Vin? Swell. How are you, big brother? I think I'm okay. <laughs> you, you sure? Uh, I'd rather not dwell on it too long, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're going through. Well, anyways, for those of you who haven't listened before, this is the podcast where we two brothers switch off picking horror movies in an attempt to scare the other one. Vinny, you selected the movie this week. What is the name of the movie you selected? I did, and I'll have you know, I did select this movie, but I selected it because we had an emailer give us a uh, a suggestion, and I wanted to do the right thing because, you know, tis the season, and... um. <laughs> So I figured, why not give it a try, and let's watch uh, High Tension. You're not going to say it by the French title? I wish I knew. Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't remember both French words. I know one of them is hot. (laughs) Hot. (laughs) Hot. Nice. That's, That's what I was thinking, too, as I was watching this movie. Now, you keep trying to abdicate responsibility for this choice, but, uh... (laughs) I mean, it's your name on it, Vin. It's it's your choice. You took someone else's suggestion, but you're the man pressing the button. And in this case, firing the nukes at us <laughs> from space. I was not sitting comfortably in my seat as I was witnessing the carnage. Let's just say that. Now, I think it's safe to say, but uh, I might as well ask you, Vinny, have you watched High Tension previously? Uh, no. No. Had you heard anything about High Tension previously? No. Okay. I knew its reputation. Uh, I guess if you went to the Jake file in my mind, it would be like, (laughs) High Tension, filed under horror, French, brutal, twist ending, cracked article about dumb twist endings. (laughs) And that's pretty much what I knew about it. So not, so not a whole lot. No, it does fit into, there was, I think it was specifically a French horror movie uh, aesthetic at the time, which was focused on very brutal violence. And it sort of carried over to American horror movies for a short time in the early 2000s, uh, particularly the Michael Bay produced horror movies. A lot of those remakes were... Uh, they were pretty rough at the time, some of the Rob Zombie stuff. Right. Saw, Hostile. That's sort of the torture porn stuff. This is slightly different from that. Although, obviously, as we get into this, not terribly different from that in a lot of ways. I was getting that kind of vibe as I was watching this movie. I was like, this kind of reminds me of like those sub-genres. Wow, I can't say it. Sub-genres. Yeah, it just took ten tries. <laughs> you blacked oh. out in the middle and kept whispering, this word cannot keep us apart, but... 
Yeah, it was kind of weird. I don't know. I feel like I lost all consciousness there. Am I okay? What are we doing? <laughs> We're talking about this horror movie. I think you're right. It does kind of fit in with Saw. There's a lot of, like, I would say dank basement floors <laughs> with, like, water-dripping places. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say dank something else because I was like, this movie is nothing at all dank <laughs> in the sense of good things. You're saying, like, marijuana. No, it's not dank like dank weed. You're right. No. <laughs> no, I mean dank like dark and gross and moldy. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, it's got that all written all over it. Well, I mean, we could screw around for another, like, 15, 10 minutes and not talk about the movie, but that's not, oh, what, you right. all, that's not what you all signed up for. We don't know what they signed up for. Clearly we don't. I mean, I think with our emails and suggestions, clearly they don't understand what they're signing up for. Well, I guess not, but uh, I'm sure we can uh, count on Cody to write in something to let us know why people listen to this. (laughs) And if you want to let us know, please, Vinny, where can they contact us? They can do so at disypod at gmail.com. That's disypod at gmail.com. Yeah, that Please. was a great, great way for you to buy me time to open up my notes app so we can finally dig through this movie. Vinny, are you ready to talk about high tension? Sure, I just want to say, if you're going to give us suggestions, like, think about it, all right? Fucking think about it. Or don't. I mean, like, you could just make us watch whatever, and then you just get to hear us complain about it. Vinny has nothing to add to that. I don't. All right. <laughs> Let's tarry no further. We're going to dig into high tension. All right. My first note is I wasted about 45 minutes trying to get my TV to pair to my Bluetooth headphones to start. I was unsuccessful. <laughs> then <My> I sp- <laughs> Go ahead. My first remark is that, you know, I booted up Tubi and I got an ad right away. And I was like, ah, oh, Boomer must be on low times in his life because he's doing uh, car ads. And that's sad. Boomer? You mean Chris Berman? Yeah. I didn't get that as the ads. Or my brain just automatically blocks Chris Berman out from my head. (laughs) I slip away from those going like, whoop, whoop, whoop. (laughs) Are you happy? Are you proud of yourself? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Then I waste 10 minutes trying to figure out if uh, this was originally dubbed because once they start talking with the terrible 80-yard English voices, I'm like, uh-oh, I got the wrong version of this movie. But then it's sort of disputed because it was released with the English dubbing in America originally, and then they did a, uh, let's say, unrated version later. So we're going to go ahead and go with the English version. That was the original one. It's weird because, like, they flip-flop back and forth from American to French. There's a there's a portion at the end where there's a lot of French, but I think there's sort of a reason for that that we could discuss at the time, although who really wants to dwell on this? <laughs> so well, I'll, have, I- I'll have you know as well, as we're about to get into the movie, I was paying attention to some of the title cards. Okay. Mainly the ads, because there was, well, not ads, but all the production studios. And there's a lot of them that were behind this movie. 
That's right. We get the uh, your average production company parade at the beginning. Yeah, one of them was Euphoria Corpse, which looks like an intro to like a penny slot machine. I think it was Europa Corp. Oh. <laughs> well, swinging a bit. So, just to recap, you were very proud of yourself because you're like, for once, I paid attention to the title cards. But what really happened is. <laughs> Your brain paid attention for the first two <laughs> letters of one of them, and then was like, "Hey, Vinny, I'll take it for me." <laughs> e U, it's nothing else could be. It's got to be Euphoria, baby. Euphoria Corpse is better than the other one. <laughs> there was Lionsgate as well, which was you know pretty big at the time because they had their hands in Lord of the Rings and all that. That's so. true, but this logo was like super basic for Lionsgate. I was like, is that really Lionsgate or is this like a bootleg? Well, they had their horror offshoot at the time, although I can't think of any prime examples, to be honest with you. All right, so we open with some creepy music and a woman whispering, I won't let anyone come between us anymore, although in horrible dubbed over English. Mm-hmm. And then we see a close-up shot of a woman who looks like she has taken some pretty heavy damage on her back in a hospital gown, and she asks if they're recording. I get, don't think we actually ever find out who they are, so don't worry about it, baby. <sighs> and then we cut to her limping through the woods in slow motion. The title is cut in between, and it sort of like looks like, I don't know, static or like lights flashing with the title. Yeah, I gave it a two out of five. I was like, it's just pretty basic. And a lens flare? <laughs> yeah, and it was also the type of thing where it's like, oh, that looks pretty cool, but it has nothing to do thematically with like what's going on in the rest of the movie. Yeah, I take it back for Invisible Man. At least that went with the movie. Yeah, I told you at the time. I'm glad you're coming around. <laughs> There's someone invisibly shaking their head yes in the room with us right now. He must be on the bed next to me. I see a lot shifting. All right, we see a car driving on a wooded road. And a woman is holding what looks to be a seri- pretty serious gut wound. And this is where we get the, the title that I loved in the beginning, which says, Edited by Baxter. No further name required. <laughs> Good old Baxter. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck that guy is, but we can party anytime. <laughs> or lady, I don't know. Who, who could judge? But uh, the woman with the wound runs into the road in front of a car, which swerves to miss her. The guy looks back in the road, but no one's there. Then when he goes to restart his car, <laughs> in the car he's smoking a cigarette very Frenchly, of course. <laughs> a woman knocks on the window screaming for help. And then we do one of those, I guess, two-week-earlier situations, but without the card that actually says it. Because this is one of those movies where they start at the end and then go back to the beginning. Because a lot of people saw Pulp Fiction when they were in film school, and they're like, I'll do that, but worse, for the rest of my career. <laughs> it's like, it's got to be done. That's just like, that is the staple, and that is like, how every movie needs to be done now. Like We could just start at the beginning. <laughs> like, no. 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 We have to start at the end. Otherwise, how would they know it's the end at the end? And be like, I'd probably because there'd be no more movie after that. I'm like, nah, it's better if we start that way. I wonder if they saw, um, oh, fuck, what's the name of that movie where everything goes backwards? 
Um, Memento. Yeah. I wonder if some like they saw Memento and it was like, okay, well now every movie needs to be like this movie. No, I think just all of these editors have a particular sexual inadequacy where they start all sex with orgasm first and then they have the sex and then they orgasm again. So they like to recreate that with the movie. Gotcha. Well, then he didn't like that joke. All right, cut it, cut it. <laughs> All right, uh, oh, what's the guy doing? He's smoking a cigarette. Uh, oh, yes, okay. The same woman who is running through the woods is sleeping in the back of a car. She has blonde short hair, so guess what she gets to be for this movie? Short hair? Just blonde. Oh. <laughs> she has a brunette in the front seat. She says they're close to her parents' house. Guess what the brunette's going to be called, Vin? It's brunette. I mean, let's just keep things simple. Oh, I thought you were going to call her Smiles, because she sure does smile a lot. And she's got big gums, too. (laughs) (laughs) You're picking out strange physical characteristics like you are our grandmother watching movies with us. I just noticed that every time she smiles, she's, like, she's increasingly, like, growing the gums out of her mouth. Like, she's just, like, grinning to the point where, like, she's popping those teeth out. All right, well, let's see if those smiles last through the duration of this. Probably not. I'll have you know, this was at the point where I was like, ah, the dub. And I was like, but it also feels very quick. Like, the edits on the dub are, like, they're overlapping almost. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds very weird, very clipped dialogue, and, like, the sound is all mixed weird. It's not great. Yeah, so, you know, poor on you, Baxter. I don't know, like, what intern at Lionsgate got the job of, like, editing the English dub for this, but I hope that $50 raise was worth it. It was at the time. Yeah, that's true. All right, so they talk about how they party too much. And the blonde complains about the brunette ditching her to fuck some guy. And the brunette's like, hey, are you listening to me, blonde? Come here, come closer. Lean to the front seat of the car, let me tell you something. It was awesome. (laughs) High five. And she's like, no thanks. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Then the blonde complains about how there's nothing to do in the country, because we're in the French countryside. The brunette says, we're here to study, not to party. But I bet they get up to neither. Yeah, you know, like, she brought up that topic once, and I was just like, oh, study for what? Hello? Hello? They mentioned again <laughs> later, she, it's something to do with law. Oh. Yeah, how about that shit? I didn't know. I That was lost beyond me. I was just like, you know, there's always the, uh, the generic way to get the story to go to one point, and I'm like, it feels like it was abandoned awfully quick. Yeah, there's a lot of this that's not well it's not well realized on a script level, but we'll get to that plenty later. <laughs> so, we get treated to some French pop music here, and then we see a giant ass chateau where a kid plays around in a cowboy costume while his mom takes the laundry in from outside. Now, Vinny, this is a rarity for us here because we're often when we see dogs in these movies counting down the scenes until the dog dies. But this is the first for us where we see a little kid and we're like, well, he's going to eat it for sure. I wonder <laughs> when that's going to happen. <laughs> I have you know that the uh, the boys uh, dub 
definitely does not like fit the kid at all. Kid looks like he's eight years old, but his dub sounds like he's like thirteen or fourteen years old. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> that's why it's like. I feel like it's like a Arrested Development joke about Telenuevos, where the uh, the boys are always played by uh, men with like freckles painted on. Uh, yeah. I just think it'd be funny if like the boys like voiceover was like just a hey mom how's it going I'd like to go outside and play when will sister be arriving I await her <laughs> <laughs> I must then, go to the bathroom I don't know <laughs> wild <laughs> you're gonna make it in this town as a screenwriter fan for sure <laughs> All right. But uh, behind the laundry in a cornfield, some old French perv is getting a blowjob in his truck. But oh. hey, this blowjob is slightly different from normal blowjobs. Would you like to spell out why? <laughs> well, I'll have you know that I didn't pick up on that at first because I thought he was just carving the head off. I mean, <laughs> that's definitely part of it, but... <laughs> I didn't pick up on the fact that he was getting a blowjob from a fucking decapitated head, all right? That's right. Yeah, this head's cut clean off, and he is uh, using it to pleasure himself before tossing it on the side of the road like you would an apple core outside (laughs) your car window once you're done with it. How many apple cores have you stuck your penis in? (laughs) None, and I want to stress this, yet. Um, <laughs> this is the only point in the movie, video where I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I like that was supposed to be like your tone setter. You're like, oh, this looks like, yeah, this is going to be wild. If you start with someone getting a blowjob from a decapitated head at minute seven, I'm like, wow. There's a... <laughs> <laughs> How do you go up from here? I think they just plateaued, and that was kind of it. I feel like it's a long, slow ride down the hill from here, to be (laughs) honest with you. (laughs) So he tosses the head on the ground and drives off in a a dirty old truck, and the sun sets over the corn, and uh, these shots are really quite lovely for this part. Yeah, they're not bad. It doesn't amount to anything. I was just like, oh, that's that's some lovely scene setting there. Mm Mm-hmm. And now the girls are listening to what what sounds like some country music back in the car. And the blonde checks out the brunette while she's driving, and the brunette is while the blonde is driving and the brunette is sleeping, and the brunette uh, opens her eyes and tells her to keep her eyes on the road. They turn down the dirt road that goes to the farmhouse. The brunette tells the blonde to stop because she says she thinks she saw someone out in the cornfield. So we're like <gasps> Someone's about to get their head cut off, and then they're going to perform some crazy <laughs> sex acts, I guess. So, so blonde, everybody's got a name for like the horror monsters and stuff like that. What would you call this guy? Head job. Perfect. <laughs> so that's going to be that that dude's name then. It's head job. I just call him the driver. I mean, let's keep things simple, then. <laughs> uh, the brunette tells the blonde to stop, and uh, the blonde tells her to stop fucking with her, but the brunette runs out of the car and through the cornfield. 
Then the blonde kills the engine and wanders off into the corn. And she calls for a friend, begging... <laughs> I say just begging for a jump scare. Because she keeps going slowly and the, the camera keeps cutting back and forth between her and the corn. And we get some heavy strings building on the soundtrack at the same time. And the blonde gets more and more scared. And then she hears the car start and drive off. She runs after the car... And she laughs because it's just the brunette. This was all a hilarious prank. I hope you enjoyed the previous four minutes. I did Vinny? not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a bummer. I was just like, oh, not, oh, okay. But have you ever had, like, that kind of shit happen to you before with your friends? I uh, pulled a very similar stunt on my now wife uh, at one point. <laughs> <laughs> then just friend. <laughs> I made some joke where I was like, I've been setting this up for years. <laughs> and then I like fake revved and then I stopped the car. <laughs> Luckily, she did find it funny. Obviously, I'm married. Otherwise, you know, she took it the wrong way. <laughs> She's been like holding that against you for your whole entire life and you never know that. <laughs> Could be, yeah. Could be she set me up for it. She's waiting for the opportunity, you know? Someday I'm going to be out in a cornfield and suddenly it's going to be my ass left behind. <laughs> but anyways, back to this shitty movie. Oh, wait, we're not supposed to say that till the end. <laughs> Maybe it's not shitty. I'll leave you to, to wait, Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> so we get back to the car laughing. Ha ha ha, we are friends. They pull up to the house, and the brunette reveals her family just moved there six months ago. And she says her family's French is even worse than hers. But since everyone's dubbed us, like, I didn't realize you weren't French. <laughs> I don't know. I can kind of tell. Um, I mean, outside of knowing that this movie was French anyways, I could tell from, like, the dub from the blonde. I was just like... Not only is this like movie like French, but even the uh, person that's speaking American is overly like broken French English. If you say so, is she supposed to be American? Uh, I don't think so. I think she's French. No, no, the brunette. Because oh. they're not French. I it would know. explain why the little boy's wearing a cowboy costume. Because French people are just like Americans, always in their cowboy <laughs> costumes. <laughs> I I actually made a note on that, so I'm glad that you got to that right now. I said, hey, why is that little boy always wearing a cowboy suit? He's American. Cowboy suits. Americans. It's I, what they wear best. It's either that or their Uncle Sam costumes. <laughs> I, I guess so. I used to wear my Ghostbusters costume all the time, so... Or we all just have our stuffed bald eagle hats. I lost mine a long time ago. It's very unfortunate. Sure. It happens. <laughs> hey, those hats are endangered, Vin. But anyways, uh, inside the house, the dad is carrying the little brother out to meet the girls. The dad sort of creepily says, nice to see you in person to the blonde, not just a photo. She doesn't like that bit. And then the dad hands off the sleeping brother to the brunette. And here comes the ad break. <laughs> yeah, I I appreciate that where Tubi's just like, you're about to take a break. And it's like, oh, thanks for the warning. But like, you got a lot to get through, so you better rest up. 
it was like okay like ads in between i get it but fucking like after a while i was like please please can we just continue (laughs) (laughs) well after the ad break the brunette carries the brother upstairs and uh she's gonna take the blonde to her room they have some idle talk about the rednecks that live around here which uh they apparently think the brunette's parents are quote-unquote hippies and then the brunette tucks in her little brother and (laughs) this is when i start to begin the countdown of when the little kid's gonna eat it (laughs) and then the blonde heads up to her room in the attic which looks like your pretty basic ass old room including uh, old wallpaper i left myself here a note saying leave Vinny time to complain about wallpaper again yeah i took note said dreaded wallpaper everywhere burn the house down burn it yeah see i i know certain things that are just triggers for you now i'm telling you man don't buy a fucking house with wallpaper i mean already done on my end but i guess for the rest of you out there yes let that be a lesson to any of my listeners yeah now, they're doing the horror movie thing here where the camera stays in one shot to try to show you all the space in the house. Mm. And there's a bathroom connected upstairs to the attic. And we get a jump scare with the brunette in the mirror. They ah. do that move where they <laughs> they open up the, the cabinet mirror yeah. and there's no one there. And then when they close it, like, oh, no, there's someone there. It's like one of those. Yeah, it, I feel like it was ruined because of the dub. Because, like, the... um. The dub talker just like came in kind of soft where it's like, oh, hey, how's it going? And I assume that the French version is more startling. Like maybe it was like more louder. Because like it's just funny. The brunette just kind of comes in like all somber. It's just like you got scared at that. And then I thought about it. and I'm like, you know what? People coming behind me always freak me out. So, yeah, and I'm sure in the French version, she shouts like some French word like, oh, poisson. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> Tabandak. <laughs> uh, let's see. The blonde tells the brunette this place is like a doll's house. This note doesn't matter. <laughs> I just start cutting these as this movie goes on because I don't like it. There's Quick a crazy hit. bear toy. I thought the bear toy was going to come in and like, play later. Nah, he just plays his drums and then that's it for the whole movie. That was like, I was in a play last year where like I had like a scene in the beginning and then I had like an hour and 45 minutes where I sat backstage listening to podcasts. I assume that's what that bear did once he was done filming, too. <laughs> He's just sitting there listening to comedy bang bang. Yeah. <laughs> or like the flop house or whatever. Nice. <laughs> now, let's see. Downstairs, the brunette is making tea and talking about fucking men who are taken because she assumes single guys have something wrong with them. And she also has some Brazilian boyfriend that she wants to get a tan for before she goes to Brazil with him. I feel like I've missed on all of this conversation because it felt like they were talking way too fucking fast for me to understand. It was difficult to understand, and I also uh, put subtitles on. I was thinking about that as I was watching. I was just like, man, I'm having a real hard time here. It was the kind of thing where like, they're definitely speaking English in the dub. But also, it doesn't sound like words as they should be said. So, yeah, I wasn't understanding them until I put the, the subtitles on. So, uh, what else? Oh, the brunette gives the blonde shit for not having a boyfriend. 
then the blonde gives some what some light slut shaming in response and now the blonde's gonna head outside for a smoke and <laughs> we get a shot of the dad real quick doesn't matter has nothing to do with him <laughs> the blonde's outside now smoking in a hoodie with what sounds like a crazy ass bird making weird bird calls <laughs> in the night what kind, <laughs> of, kind of birds are awake at night I have no clue, man. It sounded like maybe a crow that was on acid or something. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> or she was like, ah, yes, of course. Two cans in France as we have them naturally. <laughs> and us Americans at home were like, what the fuck is that bird? <laughs> it's fucking, like, muscular-looking toucan, but it's got, like, coked-out eyes. <laughs> Or it's like an emu or something. I don't. I don't I have no idea what the fuck it was. It's but fucking it was... like emus running rampant in like the farmlands of Fr- <laughs> of French. Yeah, they're just like poking their head up over the corn. Hey, I actually have you know talking about birds. The oh, the farmhouse oh. did have two birds, and I was like, it's nighttime. Shouldn't you be putting a blanket over that cage? Like, isn't that gonna fuck with like the bird's sleep schedule? You do that so the bird doesn't wake you up in the morning. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Honestly, the bird should be asleep now on its own anyways. Because, like, once it gets dark, birds get real sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that one crazy bird outside while she's smoking. Yeah, you know, the French emu. <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. Um, Let's see. The blonde heads to the swings to smoke. And it's a real rusty old set. Upstairs, the brunette is showering by the window, so we get a full-on gratuitous nude uh, scene where she's just uh, she's really putting on a show. She really just... uh, bears it all. Yeah, yeah. This is like the zombie shower where it's like right next to a window. Yeah, no curves, of course. I was like, man, that window is like the worst spot for a person to shower in. I said it's like it was made for everyone to see. You you know to, for everyone to see you, and I said I wonder what the, if that was like the plan for the contractor that made this house is just like oh we have to put a fucking window that you you know you see the shower out of. You know it makes even less sense the more I think about it because firstly there should be curtains on the window, but failing that we know that there are shower curtains later, <laughs> which means the brunette is like I of course can only shower as long as it's sprays all over the bathroom floor while i'm doing it <laughs> you know sometimes i'll start the shower and i'll just stand there while waiting until it gets warm and i'll have my phone in my hands and have the shower curtains like drawn to the side so i know what that's like then obviously just spraying water all over the floor yeah what she really likes is like the risk in stepping out of the shower she's like i don't know if i'm gonna slip <laughs> or not <laughs> but i live for the excitement I know where that toilet bowl is every time, and I wonder myself, could be, <laughs> could be next day? You never know. Uh, let's see. So anyways, we're not the only ones appreciating this because the blonde is watching from down on the swings, and then she heads back into the house and locks up. She says goodnight to the dog, and I'm like, oh man, now we got a dog countdown too? Click, click. <laughs> Arm that clock. Yeah, really, the bird's the only one that's going to make it out of here. Now, upstairs she drinks directly from the faucet like a fucking weirdo. (laughs) And all the lights are off in the house. She lays down in bed. The wind howls loudly. 
And then she digs through her pockets and gets a Walkman out. And she puts <laughs> on some reggae. But this is the soundtrack for something very specific because she after we in, get... She digs in her pockets for something else. Yep. After we get a Tarantino-esque shot of her feet, she is digging into her pants to jerk off immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're out in the cornfield where we never, see the blowjob... <laughs> You never like strike the moment of like listening to three eleven Jake and you're like, I gotta get down. No. <laughs> Although appropriate given the name of the band you selected, I suppose. <laughs> but no, I've never gotten down down to three eleven. Listeners write I... in and let us know. Not to reveal too much about myself, because this is TMI, I suppose, but I don't really remember the last time where that would have happened while music was playing. <laughs> Seems too distracting to me. It's all about just, like, cold silence and locked doors. I did recently listen to a Courtney Barnett song, though, where the song is about her masturbating, listening to someone's song, but she's like, I'm not into you, I just like the song. <laughs> It's These like, are the lyrics of this song, by the way. It's like, okay, sure. You can lie to yourself. It's all right. Yeah. And then I spent the rest of the time listening to that song being like, whose song is she jerking off to? <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> pretty pretty far afield this time. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. So the blowjob truck is approaching in the field. <laughs> and then we go back inside where things are ratcheting up for the blonde. We cut to various shots of the family as the truck approaches, and the blonde is still going at it. I hope you like this blonde masturbating, because it seems to go on for an hour. (laughs) And the truck pulls up right up to the house, and the blonde orgasms at the same time as the truck turns its engine off. Once she's done, she notices the dog is barking downstairs. She pulls her headphones off and goes to look outside, but the truck has turned its lights off. Now the doorbell rings, and the dad springs up looking surprised because who the fuck's ringing the bell in the middle of the night? Yeah, out in the middle of, like, you know, the farmlands. That's right. The dad turns the lights on and heads to the door. He opens up the door, and the driver immediately (laughs) swings a hook into his face. However, I'd like to point out, he does, like, a full rotation back in a way where you're like, Seems like the dad should have enough time to duck this fucking hook. <laughs> he's just like, so fucking baffled by why this guy's here. Yeah, it seems like he's like watching him like bring the hook up over his head. And he's like, well, I wonder what he's going to do with that. It <laughs> <laughs> comes down on his head. He's like, oh, I see now. I don't like this one bit. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this moment. <laughs> now, I understand like. You could probably get the drop on someone with the element of surprise, but, like, the way that should work is, like, you should bring bring in that hook back as you're ringing the bell. (laughs) Not to critique the form here. Obviously, it goes pretty well for the driver after this. I say, yeah, who's going to criticize? He he fucking hits him. I just feel like this is the quarterback who hits a five-yard pass where you're like, the guy's open 20 yards downfield. I'm looking at you, Derek Carr. (laughs) So, anyways, after the dad gets the hook to the head, the uh, dog attacks the guy, but uh, he's pretty much dead pretty quick. So, that's the end of the dog. Yeah. 
Uh, that is pretty, I don't know. I mean, at least it was quick. It wasn't like anything super horrific and gruesome. No, we don't even see what happens to the dog. It's just the dog just like lays down. He's got a... off camera, and then the dog lays down and has blood all over it. <laughs> Maybe he's so. just sleeping, and he's just got you know dad blood on him. Yeah, or like he just like burst. <laughs> he just had a horrific heart attack. It's like unrelated. He's just like had like a kidney burst. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how that would work, but <laughs> maybe and, it did for this dog. Uh, nonetheless, we stopped the clock for the dead dog. Yes, dog. Made it out pretty quick. <laughs> this is even a full day on set. This is half a day. That's good. And that's a wrap on the dog. <laughs> but after this, the dad tries to climb the stairs, but the driver pushes his head through the banisters with his foot, and then he kicks it in so it's stuck there pretty hard. <laughs> And he grabs, I don't know, would you call it a cabinet or a dresser or something? Yeah, something like that. It seems pretty heavy. An ottoman. He pushes it, and uh, he knocks his head clear off. And he can do this because he's a very strong man. He's not, let's say, I don't know, for instance, an extremely skinny girl <laughs> who would have a difficult time getting a cabinet to go that fast and knock someone's head off. Right, Vin? That's a weird hypothetical that you brought up there. I suppose it is. I I can't imagine why I would have said that. I don't but know. Anyways, immediately after he gets his head off, and I want to be clear, I mean this literally, the second that head's off, I get a tubi break. Yeah, me too, actually, at the same exact time. So. What was your break? I don't remember. I don't either. I don't remember. I imagine it was something like someone being like... <laughs> Hey, you're going to lose your head over our, the prices we have on Geico this week. <laughs> or something similar to that. But after the ad break, the mom stirs from the bed, being kind of like, hmm, sounds like a cabinet head smashing, but that can't be right. <laughs> and then she heads out of her room. She peers around the corner. The little boy wakes up asking his mom what's going on. And the blonde's creeping around upstairs. At this point, her face reminds me of Eddie Redmayne. Who? Eddie Redmayne is, uh, he was the main guy in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, oh, I see. Snoot Scamander. That's right, yeah. He has sort of an androgynous face that looks kind of like hers. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, she peers around the corner. Oh, no, wait, we already did that. And the mom's downstairs and finds quite a scene when she gets down there. <laughs> and the driver's there, and he takes a razor out of his pocket and approaches. And then she stands still there like a fucking moron, just like, oh, man, what's he going to do with that razor? I bet it's probably not good. Just like her husband. So I guess they were meant to be. Yeah, it's just like really slow fleeing people. And anyways, the blonde hides in the bathroom upstairs and listens to the screaming. Then she sees an old phone on top of a dresser. So she grabs it and looks around for a place to jack it in. Then she tries to move a heavy cabinet, but she can't. (laughs) She can't move a heavy cabinet, then. Hmm. I mean, like, I don't understand why that's so weird, Jake. I mean, like, clearly she's just, you know, struggling, you know? Yeah, no, it's just if she tried to move a heavy cabinet, (laughs) 
I don't know, just for instance, to knock someone's head <laughs> off. It seems like she would have a difficult time doing it. Boy, Jake, that's a real hypo like that's that's an interesting hypothetical you brought up again. Yeah, I don't I, I just I am being so random today. I don't know what it is. Do you even know who you really are, Jake? Can we <laughs> yeah. even be sure of knowing of who we are? I guess I'll find out in a strange reveal at the end. But anyways, <laughs> she, she throws the phone back up on the dresser, the dresser she cannot move, and grabs it <laughs> to her stuff to flee. And she makes the bed to try to uh, keep from alerting the driver to her presence. And then she gets in the bathtub and hides. Oh, or I, thought does that she? Was, I thought that was her just being a good guest, you know? And I want to leave that bed all messy and whatnot. No, no, this was actually a good bit, because it's like, yeah, 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 because, like, the driver wouldn't know someone's there necessarily. But the driver's looking around, wiping his knife blade, and he checks the radiators to see if they're warm. They are. So it's like, oh, smart driver. And he walks around breathing heavy like he's fucking Tony Soprano at this point. (laughs) I feel like he keeps going, like, Jude, Jude. Christopher. <laughs> then he goes to the bathroom and feels the faucet and sees it's wet. So again, he's clever for a fucking, you know, <laughs> head raping hillbilly or whatever. And he opens the shower curtains, but no <laughs> one's there because this movie is full of shit about where people are and why. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd like to point out, if you happen to know the twist, and I don't know if you do, all of this is very stupid. (laughs) It took me a while to figure out the twist. So anyways, it turns out that the blonde is hiding under the dresser as he keeps creeping around. Then he closes the door, and he leaves. Downstairs, the brunette is still asleep somehow. (laughs) Which I think they explained by being like, uh, yeah, she's got earplugs in. It's like, oh. earplugs could make it through one murder, maybe. <laughs> yeah, not three. But two? <laughs> Come on, oh, yeah, keeps... no, I guess the dog counts as the third. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> so, the driver brushes back her hair with his bloody hand, and he puts the razor to her neck, and she wakes up, and the driver gives her the old, shh. And then... Because this is a Vinny movie, I don't want to say this gleefully. I need to find the proper joke. <laughs> he sexually assaults her. And in the immortal words of Adam Scott in Party Down, are we having fun yet? <laughs> I'm sorry. Again, not technically my pick. No, no, this is great because this rape scene goes on for as long as the masturbation scene did. Forever. <laughs> so You'd say it's almost like half the movie. Seems that way. You the don't see can... anything. Oh, no, you just hear the suffering of another human <laughs> being. And you hear Tony Soprano, hey, hey. It's more like, hey, Christopher. <laughs> I don't know why I said that while I'm doing this. Uh, it wasn't a bad one right (laughs) anyways the blonde gets out to try her phone trick again but ah it wasn't a phone plug anyways it was a tv one i guess you really wasted her fucking time with that bit i kind of laughed at that i was just like (laughs) so she cries and looks at a busted doll 
the doll's not part of it. It's just there. <laughs> and the blonde creeps downstairs without her shoes on, and she li- she listens to her friend being assaulted. And then she runs into the parents' room looking for a phone. She hears someone coming, so she goes to the closet. And it's the mother who's still alive. She crawls into the room. She grabs a phone, but we hear the driver's footsteps coming. He comes up behind the mother and cuts her throat. Then we hear him grunting as he sprays blood all over the closet. At first, I didn't know what was happening, but later we find out he's cutting her hand off for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. (laughs) I suppose we could find this out in the unrated version, but later there's just a hand laying on the carpet, and you're like, I didn't know that was there. Maybe the hand is for foreplay for him first. He uses the hand for, you know, first before the head. Really, it just reminded me of, like, 21 Jump Street, where Jonah Hill suddenly has a knife in his back, and he's like, when did that happen? <laughs> but, uh, anyways, he comes up behind her, cuts the throat, uh, yeah, spraying a bunch of blood all over the closet while the blonde watches in mute horror. And she comes out to a scene that should put some carpet cleaner's kid through school. <laughs> Call Stanley yeah. Steamers. <laughs> blonde tries the phone but it doesn't work and then we see the little kid running through the house with the driver following him and the blonde leaves him to it and he's like yeah well good luck which leads you to conclude wow this blonde's a real jerk or maybe something worse <laughs> um yeah and the little kid's crying for his mom uh i'm a parent and since i had a kid I'm biologically programmed to not like situations where kids are in harm, so I didn't like any of this. In fact, it made me extremely angry. I, you know, I had a similar moment. Not not particularly this scene, um, but one time when I was watching Child's Play, you know, Andy's getting, like, harassed by, like, Chucky and Chased, and I was just like, I don't like this movie, because I used, you know, when I was babysitting our nephews, I was just like, I don't like this one bit. <laughs> Kids in peril does not do it for me. No. So, Blonde goes to free her friend, but uh, they both hear the little boy call for his mommy outside, and then he runs into the cornfield, which I guess he's better at this than his parents, because at least he's trying to escape, but the driver grabs a gun from I don't know where and follows the kid who's crawling around, then we hear a gunshot, so Vinny, that countdown's over as well. <laughs> Click. <laughs> and the brunette cries, and the blonde's like, don't worry about it. If he wanted to kill you, he would have yet. And it's like, bitch, that's not what anyone here is crying about right now. I just lost my fucking brother and my parents. Yeah, hey, yeah, that's fine, That's but you're alive. Yeah, I'm sure this isn't tipping its hand on anything. But, uh, anyways, the blonde leaves her friend and runs downstairs, and the driver comes back into the house. Oh, God, there's so much of this now. <laughs> the blonde tries the phone, but sees the line has been cut. She seems way too surprised by this. It's almost like she forgot altogether about the whole, like, phone, you know, fiasco that happened before. I mean, like, right, that other phone didn't work, and also this one doesn't, because the phone line is cut. You idiot. <laughs> so she hears the driver head upstairs for what I presume is more raping, but uh, 
He's actually picking the brunette up and uh, bringing her back to his truck while the blonde watches from the shadows. He tosses her in the back, and then he heads back to the house where the blonde has gotten a knife. He's creeping around a dark kitchen, and he heads to the back door where the blonde waits ready with the knife. The door is locked, and she has the key. And she edges her way around the house, peeking in through the windows where the driver is clomping around. And (laughs) inside, the driver has made a fire, which I'm like, okay, I don't understand that. (laughs) Oh, the fire. Maybe he's going to burn the house down like The Man from the Train, which is a great book by Bill James. You guys should buy that. But, uh, no, he just wants to be cozy, I guess. And he's looking at the pictures on the mantelpiece so he can really appreciate the family he's decimated. Well, you know, just need to look into it and be like, I just, I feel like I didn't get to know them that much, you know? And, like, I feel like I'm missing out. Yeah. And he has a memento in mind because he cracks a photo and then he uh, cuts off a piece that just has the driver's picture, or I should say the brunette's picture to uh, take back with him. And then the blonde goes back to the truck to tell the brunette she's going to help her escape. But the driver's coming again, so she lies in wait with the knife. But it's to no avail as he closes the back door without looking and locks it. And then he drives off <laughs> We get some nice shots of the brutalized family as he drives away. <laughs> and he, he turns on what strikes me as more classic-sounding French music. <laughs> yeah, because you've got to, like, relate to the driver. He's got a bit of a soul, you know? Hey, murderers are allowed to enjoy beautiful music, Jake. He sort of reminds me of the scummy French people that Bart lives with in uh, season two of The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, the brunette cries in the back as the blonde tells her to cram it. The brunette notices all the blood on the ceiling. The blonde's like, hey, they didn't have anyone to help. There's two of us in this together. The driver has a whole collection of pictures up front from, I assume, the other girls he killed and then made fillet him once their heads were (laughs) off. Then he takes a swig from a bottle of booze as he drives. Which I'm like, hey, dick, you're drinking and driving. It's like... Have some common courtesy. If you crash the car, then you're going to get manslaughter on your fucking record. I think that, like, once you've done the murders, (laughs) and it's pretty easy to count this as first degree because it seems premeditated. (laughs) I think that maybe drinking and driving is the least of your concerns. Like, that's just something they're going to throw on the back there. (laughs) They're like, and that's also some just added, like, fluff to, uh, 12? 12 murders. Like, I don't know. If I committed treason, I wouldn't be like, and also I jaywalked at the same time. <laughs> you monster. It's just like certain things you should be more worried about than others. But uh, anyways, after he takes a swig from the bottle, he uh, drives on and the blonde keeps trying to get the door open. And the truck pulls into a gas station, which... I'm like, man, it's probably not a good idea for him to pop out with all that blood on him, but, uh, hey, whatever, none of the rest of this makes sense either. (laughs) And then the blonde gives the knife to the brunette and creeps out of the truck. She tiptoes towards the station as the truck keeps filling up. Then she hears it stop clicking and makes a run for it before he, uh, he can see her. Then she runs in the door and crouches below the door. She tells the cashier to call the police. Then goes deeper into the store to hide. 
The driver comes in and knows the cashier by name. The driver's like, are you alone, cashier? The cashier's like, yeah. The driver's like, this is the ideal place to bring girls. And then he points to his truck. (laughs) (laughs) The cashier's like, my boss would fire me. The driver's like, oh, the old ladies pay you to fuck, right? Get real with me. The cashier's like, I guess. (laughs) He's like, yeah, because every old lady wants to fuck a cashier at a gas station. Oh, yeah. No, they live for that. (laughs) Just been waiting for that moment. That's like <laughs> I'm gonna go down to the sicko later and get me a nice fucking young hottie. That's why when they role play with their husbands, it's always as the gas station cashier. <laughs> the husbands are always like, "Do you mean like the guy pumping the gas?" And they're like, "No, <laughs> inside with the lottery tickets." Yeah, I would like two five dollar tickets. Yeah, that's getting me hot. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to at least have a high school degree, otherwise you couldn't get this job. And definitely not more, otherwise you could get a different job. (laughs) But anyways, the driver tries on some sunglasses, and the cashier notices the blood on his hands. And this makes no sense if you know the twist. (laughs) You could just put that for the rest of this. None of this makes any sense. And the cashier goes to reach for a gun, the driver grabs his hand, asking how much he owes. Then he asks the cashier to get him a bottle of liquor, which requires him going to unlock a cabinet, apparently. So that must be some friendship. And the driver sneaks up on him, asking for Campbell's. Cashier says he's not supposed to sell alcohol this late. The driver says, I promise not to tell. And he means that quite literally, because he's going to swing an axe into this guy's chest immediately after he says it. <laughs> And we see this is all caught on video, so obviously the driver's not thinking this one through. Right, right. And then the driver goes to spin the sign around so it says closed. He turns all the lights off, and I guess this is his version of being like, it's the perfect crime. (laughs) Totally expelled from all of this. Nobody will know. No witnesses. I do want to point out later when the cops come, they do say like, Maybe we should check this place, although it looks like it's just closed, so it really did almost get him <laughs> It really did almost get him off. Sacre bleu is here it says closed. How can anybody I, be here? I'm not sure how lazy French police people are. <laughs> but it's quite possible they're like the lights are off. Obviously we can't investigate. There's nobody here. Like, how could there be a murder when there's nobody here? Hello, have you ever heard if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's around, can they hear it? Yeah. So, if, you <laughs> know, if you stab somebody to death but nobody around, did it really happen? Please allow me to go back to my day of smoking cigarettes, <laughs> drinking wine, and shielding Roman Polanski from extradition. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Swish. (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) The blonde goes outside and runs around a bit, and the driver follows her with a bloody axe. She runs into the bathroom downstairs and hides in one of the stalls. This is one of the many long scenes of the blonde hiding and the driver looking. The driver snoops around, asking himself what the cashier was looking at. Let's see. She hides in the stalls, and then the driver looks around. How does the driver miss her? Uh, 
he, I think he's just taking a piss. Yeah, he just goes in and takes a piss. And then he leaves. And then she comes out and she checks every single stall to make sure he's not hiding in there. And then she drinks from the faucet again like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> and then the truck turns out of the distance and she looks surprised like, what? How could he escape my clever plan? She was taking too long drinking out of the faucet. Yeah, like a fucking dog or something. <laughs> uh, I actually took a lot more notes than this, but... After this, the Bond finally gets to a phone and the police pick up. She tells the cops the driver killed the whole family and asked the gas station guy. Then she immediately gets into a loud argument with the cops. where She's like, you need to send someone immediately. And they're like, fine, where are we sending them to? She's like, I don't have time to explain this to you. You have to send them right now. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's a giant-ass to... country. You can't just send someone somewhere and hope someone's there. Yeah, I mean, like, just just her, like, overreacting and going, like, in a frantic, like, panic and whatnot in French was kind of a turn-on. I won't lie. This was pretty, pretty cool. This is not what I expected you to say. <laughs> now I am seriously caught off foot. <laughs> okay. She grabs the keys to the cashier's car, and then heads out, also grabbing his gun. The brunette is in the back of the truck, crying as the driver drinks. Then he pours some through the back onto her. You know, I'm like, sharing nice. is caring. <laughs> yeah, nobody likes to drink alone. Now... This part where she, uh, the blonde is pursuing the truck in, like, this yellow car while music plays on the soundtrack, and it seems like she's going to save her friend. If there wasn't the stupid twist in this movie, this would be genuinely exciting. Yeah, it's... He's established as a pretty good heel at this point, if you want to use wrestling parlance. He killed a whole family pretty brutally. I would like to see him murdered. Yeah, do you want to tell us uh, what the music is that she's uh, chasing the driver down to, Jake? Yeah, I <laughs> I was immediately like, I know this voice, and then I thought about it, and I was able to consider the time, and <laughs> it clicked in right away. It was Muse <laughs> before they became pretty shitty Muse, <laughs> and back when they were on the up-and-coming Muse. <laughs> I think they got big because of Guitar Hero, and then it was just like, yeah, who f like fucking love Muse, and then like maybe two years later, it's like, nah, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, or it's this just like that fucking song that plays all the time <laughs> on the radio. We're it's coming to get you. Uh, you're said <laughs> more like a ghost. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a little stuffy, so it's like I can't pick, like... It doesn't make people sound like ghosts, particularly. <laughs> um, uh, Alright, so the truck pulls off the road, and the blonde parks the car, and she watches him pull down a dirt road, and then follows revving her engine. So, I guess the element of surprise is not the idea here. No, not at all. And both vehicles move slowly down a moonlit road. This is all that happens... For a while. Yeah, it feels like forever on this one. It feels almost as long as the car ride from I'm Thinking of Ending Things. 
Probably not nearly that long. Also, this movie is a lot shorter, but it has a lot of dead time in it. Yeah, I think like if you trim down a lot of the searching and dead time, this movie would probably be only like 50 minutes. Yeah, that's possible. Now, the blonde somehow loses track of the truck on this single-lane dirt road. <laughs> don't ask me how. And then the truck's behind her now. Again, don't ask me how. <laughs> so... <laughs> She takes the gun out, but the driver has all the bullets. I beg you. Stop asking me how. (laughs) It was a trap. This is all so fucking stupid. (laughs) Now, she drives real fast to get away from him, but he rams her with the truck. She goes off the road into the woods. The car flips, and the truck comes to a stop. The car is on fire now. I beg you. (laughs) For the love of God. Please. I'm a married man. I have a child. Do not ask me how. (laughs) It's not even like it's weird, too, because the fire is very like just little (laughs) little flames and whatnot. It's not like a raging, like roaring fire. It's just eh, little bits. Yeah, it's not like the gas tank caught on fire either. It's just like, you know, the undercarriage of the car is flammable. (laughs) It's damn fucking flammable undercarriages of cars. They're like, only if you flip it, though. It's the only way you can light it on fire. That's how they're going to get you on cleaning your undercarriages. They're like, well, you know, you'll risk the the true flammable uh, experience out of your car if you don't get that undercarriage cleaned. Yeah, that's why William H. Macy was trying to sell it to you, you fucking ungrateful jerks. <laughs> but anyways, I'm just trying out- to save your life. <laughs> She crawls out all busted up, and she looks like she did in the first scene, so we did it, Vinny. We crawled her ass back to the beginning. Now, there's a greenhouse or something ahead of her, so she ducks into that as we hear some thunder. She finds a cloth to wrap her arm with, the, her arm with, which has a wound on it, except it's like a gross-ass cloth, so she's kind of asking for trouble here, germ-wise. Yeah, gangrene is definitely in her future. Someone's going to be like, yeah, we're going to have to cut that arm off. It's going to be a real Requiem for a Dream kind of moment here. Oh, I forgot about that. That's fucked up. <laughs> so she ties it off. Is that movie a horror movie? Not quite, although parts of it. She ties it off but sees a flashlight approaching. It's the driver. She spies some barbed wire as he looks around for her. She grabs the wooden post and sticking auto. She's going to go all Cactus Jack on his ass. Yeah. I, I noticed that. I was just like, oh, sweet barbed wire. And she like brandishes it. And all of a sudden you hear. <laughs> now she goes to the flashlight. But it turns out that the driver tied it up. So it's just swinging back and forth. <laughs> and he creeps up behind her with some plastic wrap and starts suffocating her with it. She falls to her knees and collapses. The driver gets down to check on her, and she's still breathing. He starts dragging the razor up her prone body. This, I must stress, is not going to make sense in a bit. <laughs> and he's like, what do you want with Brunette? She turns you on, she turns me on too. Listen, if we're all confessing, <laughs> I make three. <laughs> <laughs> he sticks his fingers in her mouth as he says this, then she grabs a rock and bashes his head with it. Oh, good. I didn't know what the fuck it was that she bashed him in the head with. Yeah, it's a rock. 
It looks it like some like plastic toy. Maybe it's a plastic toy too. <laughs> Who gives a shit? It is a direct hit. He bleeds from his skull, and she gets up and beats him with the barbed wire stick. Bang bang. She... <laughs> That's right. She pulls the plastic off his face and checks on him. Then he grabs her throat and chokes her. Then she chokes him back with the plastic stuff again. Everybody's choking. It's kind of a choke party. They're down then... with it. They like it. That's right. Secretly, he's like, you know, something's kind of, <laughs> he's breaking a few, you know, flower pots. <laughs> <laughs> she seems to be winning as his hands fall down, and she manages to suffocate him with the plastic. And she gives a primal scream once he's dead. Then the cops pull up on the gas station, and they say, the lights are out, but let's check anyways. <laughs> That's some good detective <laughs> <Sorry>, work. <cops. laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, my next one is, yeah, she said there was a murder, you jackasses. <laughs> uh, the cops look around all Frenchly, and then they find the cashier's body, which is already attracting flies. And I'm like, what? Use <laughs> <laughs> inside. It's air conditioned. Where did the flies come from? They always find a way, man. They don't just, like, when you die, appear in your body. They come from other places. <laughs> Maybe they're just hanging out and like you know the spoiled meat in the locker, and they were just like, <laughs> "Oh shit, fresh meat!" I got something even better, man. <laughs> Anyways, the cops watch the security video, and we see that it was not the driver who chopped an axe into this cashier, Finny, who actually axed this cashier to death. Oh, it was that blonde that likes that uh, the reggae. That's right, because, Vinny, we have arrived at the twist ending. The driver does not exist. It is the blonde who is creepily obsessed with her brunette friend who has murdered the whole family. Vinny, does that make sense? No. No, it doesn't make any fucking sense, does it? <laughs> no, at that moment, as soon as I saw the security footage, I texted Jake and I went, boo. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is obviously the type of thing where someone started with like, what if we made a movie where it's like the girl who's kind of like getting around is actually the killer. And someone's like, you mean like the fake movie they make an adaptation? They're like, I've never seen it. Let's make it immediately. <laughs> that sounds made up. In fact, we'll make our own. Trademark, like, trademark. No, no, but like Charlie Kaufman like had his fake brother write it in the movie, but it was like the point of it was to make it the dumbest possible movie a person could come up with. They're like, I don't think so. It sounds like <laughs> it's the movie I'm writing tonight. <laughs> <sighs> All right, well, let's get through the rest of this. Spoiler alert, piece of shit. <laughs> hey. So, <laughs> it's better not to ask how the rest of this movie holds up because <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> the blonde goes to the truck. Vinny, I don't want to. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. You just where did she get the truck from? <laughs> I don't know. Did she just like steal it from somewhere? There was no truck. <laughs> Here's another thing. Uh, how did the truck like 
catch up with them if she was riding in the car with her friend. I think we have to assume that she's in the front seat doing driver things where she's like, <laughs> So are we to assume that she's... She like, I guess like rams a tree and then gets out and flips herself <laughs> and starts crying like, <laughs> and like the brunette's like watching through the window while she's like choking herself with plastic in the greenhouse. And it's like, this is really fucking weird. Like Fight Club style? I guess we're to assume that she's the one that's using those decapitated heads to, like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, Vinny, except that scene takes place while they're in the car, so what the fuck's happening there? You can't be in two places at once. Maybe she's she wishes that's what was happening. She's like, man, I really wish I could cut your head off and, you know, slam it down on my clam. I don't endorse what's happened. <laughs> this message was not approved by Jake Albrecht. <laughs> Anyways, oh boy. So the blonde goes back to the truck and she giggles as she unlocks the chains, literally saying D he to her friend. <laughs> and the brunette still got the knife and she screams for the blonde not to touch her. And the blonde's like, he's dead. And the brunette's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and then we get the flashes of the blonde doing all the killing, but again, it doesn't make any sense for, say, I don't know, a 95-pound girl who couldn't move a dresser upstairs <laughs> to push one fast enough to knock a guy's head clean off. I just like the idea where it's just like, this is like, it couldn't possibly be the blonde. Look how fucking weak she is. She can't even push a dresser. <laughs> She's like one Miss Burger away from death. <laughs> but anyways. Oh, Lord. We're and almost the there. stabs the blonde and then runs off. So I guess she's the killer again because we see the driver. Yeah. This is and weird because I was just like, she's outed as the killer. So like, why not just show her like throughout the rest of the way, like being a maniac? <laughs> supposed to show that her mentality has changed back to being the murderer oh yeah it's dumb <laughs> but uh anyways somehow she has some cool ass i guess you call it like a french chainsaw thing but it's got a round blade which i was like what the fuck is that that thing's awesome that's um that's a saw to cut concrete oh all right well it's neat so the blonde shouting, I'm going to take care of you. And she chases her friend. And the brunette is the one who runs out in front of the car. So it's different from how we saw the first scene. Then asks for help as the blonde approaches. The car won't start as the driver slash blonde comes. And then the blonde driver come, climbs on top of the car and cuts through it, killing the driver, spraying blood everywhere. And then the driver comes around the side and says, I'll rip your head off. <laughs> she cuts through the side of the car. And he cuts through the window and mocks the brunette scream. <laughs> <going> like, <laughs> yeah, I started laughing at that. I was like, he's got personality. The brunette grabs a tire iron and crawls down the road out of the car. And the brunette's bones are poking out of her ankle, which is gross enough that my wife sees it for about two seconds and then walks out of the room backwards so she doesn't have to look at the TV. <laughs> and the driver blonde tells the brunette that 
she drives women she drives a woman crazy then asks if the brunette loves her the brunette shouts that she does love her as the saws dangled over her so i guess it's nice that these two kids could find love in yeah because then they start making out yeah the <laughs> and the blonde's back now the driver's gone so you did it brunette. <laughs> yeah you don't gotta worry about the bad man <laughs> She leans down and kisses her, and the brunette kisses back with tongue, which is a real feat. Yeah, I was just like, wow, <laughs> really selling it. Uh-oh, it was a ruse. She stabs the blonde. And this is when she starts doing the, I won't let anyone come between us. She, she fucking takes the crowbar and shoves it through like her sternum, and I'm like, that is a feat right there. Yeah, this is another thing that the person doing this could not do. Yeah. Now we're back to the start. The blonde's in the mental hospital rocking back and forth. The brunette watches her from a one-way mirror and asks if the blonde can see her. And they say no, but then the blonde holds out her hands towards her like, eh, but they're all chained up. That's the end of this fucking movie. Uh Vinny, you selected the movie this week. It falls on you to ask me the eternal question. Did I scare you? No. You didn't scare me. You <laughs> angered me. <laughs> bored me. You made me incredibly cranky. But I'm, no, you did not scare me. I'm sorry. <laughs> did it scare you, Vin? No, not at all. This movie was awful. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal. I was I was bored. I was taken aback on a lot of things i was just like man i'm spending way too much time on my phone and not taking nearly enough notes and i'm like there must be something wrong and i'm like no this movie is just boring and terrible because there's a lot of dead air and a lot of loose ends that just you i don't even want to bother picking up you know it's just like a bunch of dangling rope and it's just like no it's fine i'll just leave this mess Vinny, do you remember how when we watched Terrifier, I talked about how it was just brutal and I wasn't having a lot of fun? Yeah. Well, I stand corrected because (laughs) Terrifier had some truly entertaining bits with Art the Clown. And this movie had, I mean, it had one or two scenes where I was entertained, but mostly it was a slog and it was pretty awful and brutal. And I did not like it one bit. Now, this... Uh, director has gone on to make other movies that are somewhat well regarded. I know there's a lot of people that are big fans of his remake of The Hills Have Eyes. And also he made a movie last year, I believe, called Crawl that has something to do with like an alligator and a hurricane or something. But everyone's like, no, no, you you wouldn't believe it, but this is actually good. <laughs> I'll have to check that one out. Um but I didn't I didn't love this one. No. Because in fact I hated this one. I'm with you. I question my friend's uh taste in horror movies because this movie was it's not good. It's not entertaining. It's not fun, like, you know, where it's like we're not saying like gore fest and like and things like this can't be fun. I mean, proven we've watched pieces and that movie was like super fun. This movie is just, it's just boring. Like, I don't know. 
had nothing going on for it. There's nothing special about it. That's interesting to comparing it to pieces because I feel like what makes pieces more enjoyable is actually less competence in the filmmaking. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, there's it's a mishmash of a lot of like things that don't make sense, but they're just so delightful because they go completely over. Yeah, I feel like this movie is just competent enough for me to be like, oh no, thank you. I'm sure you're doing exactly what you want to, but I want none of it. Yeah, no, I I don't buy into it. It's not good, and I'm still yeah. I'm still like, I just don't understand the logistics of like this whole split personality thing and how it fucking works. Because it oh, makes it no makes sense. no sense. It's definitely the type of thing where they came up with the twist first, and they're like, we'll write around it, and then afterwards they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine, because like people would be so surprised that like they won't even worry about it. It's like no. I'm worried about it. Yeah, I'm quite. I, you know what? I'm worried for you because it's just like I don't think you thought this through. <laughs> I feel like twist endings in any movie are like they're very risky. Yeah, it it takes quite a feat to really uh, make a twist work. I feel it's like maybe ten percent of movies they work in really well, and then like ninety percent of the time they just piss people off. I think one of my favorite twists was the fact that uh, Satan actually shows up in Ready or Not. I was like, that's a nice twist. Actually, that twist ending where they all explode is pretty good. (laughs) That's not quite a twist because it sort of progresses exactly as the story is leading you. It's just sort of surprising because you're like, nah, nah, there'll be some bullshit to get him out of this. They're like, no, we told you what it was. It's time for you to believe us. I like the fake twist, though, where it's just like, actually, it's all bullshit and nobody dies. That was fun. Yeah. But, yeah, no, this movie's twist was awful. All right, then. If you were any character in this movie, who would you be? I guess I would be the little boy because, like I said, I was making fun of him with the cowboy suit, but I remember being young and wearing costumes all around the house, so... That's right. I guess if it was me, I would be that crazy bird out in the middle of the court. <laughs> the <field>. French emu? <laughs> because I also spent a lot of time being like, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Why do I exist at night? What is happening? <laughs> I cannot sleep. Actually, you know what? The French emu does make sense for you because lately you can't sleep. So. <laughs> yeah, there are some issues lately. Oh well. Uh Vinny, what's your gifable moment? Um I guess I wonder if we're gonna pick the same thing. Uh you go first. It's I... the decapitated blowjob, it has to be. Yeah, it's <laughs> just him tossing the head out the fucking window so casually, it's just like yeah. I feel like I would love to have that gif and then just have TGIF on it. (laughs) Ready to go after a hard day's work. Like, who's ready for the weekend? I think I like the gif of him trying to share his beer through the, or, you know, share the (laughs) liquor through the grate. (laughs) Yeah, that comes off a bit haphazardly for sure. (laughs) Well, then he lights his cigarette. He acts like he's gonna drop it on, like the the oh, match yes. on her, and then he's like, oh, "Just kidding." 
Now imagine the blonde doing this, because that's what's actually happening, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right, Vinny. Well, that was pretty rough. Yeah. Let's uh, let's, uh, let's put this movie in our past. <laughs> that's right. It cannot drive us apart any longer, Vinny. No. All right. Do, do we have any uh, emails this week, Vin? Let me double check. So really something you should have at the ready. No. <laughs> All right. Well, if people did want to contact us, would you like to tell them again where they can? Sure. If you want to contact us, you can uh, do so at disypod at gmail.com. That's disypod at gmail.com. And if they wanted to check us out on Instagram? It's did I scare you pod, one word. And what about Twitter, then? D-I-S-Y pod at G... Nope, that's that's the email. It, oh. it is the same, though, D-I-S-Y pod. <laughs> that's right. Please drop us a line. Uh, give us some feedback. Maybe you could suggest a movie that horrifies us in a bad way. All right. I don't think we have anything else to get to before I pick the movie for next week. And I am deciding it within this moment. I had considered really, really punishing you for putting me through this. And to be honest with you, I'm still considering it now. But you know what, Vinny? We're getting into the holiday months. It's time for us to sit back with the Christmas classic. I believe that instead of that, what we are going to watch is the 1997 movie, Jack Frost. Now, I'd like to stress, <laughs> this is the Shannon Elizabeth version, not the Michael Keaton okay. one, <laughs> about a killer snowman who is a serial killer. Cool. I'm actually really excited because I don't think I've ever seen this movie in full. Um, it is a movie cover. That has delighted me <laughs> and interested me for years when I was little. Did it have one of those covers where, like, if you were looking at it from a certain angle, it looked like one thing and then from another? Yeah, it, it had a holographic kind of looking, like, cover to it. Yeah, I also seem to remember that from back in the blockbuster days. Yeah, I, I remember it a lot there in Age of Video. I, I would flock to the horror section and... That movie cover and then the Pinocchio horror movie cover always captivated me. Yeah, this is, uh, it's maybe not typical for what my brand of movie is, but I feel like after this week, we deserve a nice chaser for both of us, so. I appreciate that. (laughs) Could be that we both come back here just as angry. I don't know, I can't predict the future. I'm pretty excited. Alright, well. If you would like to watch at home, uh, Jack Frost is available on Amazon Prime, I believe. And if I'm wrong about that, I am so, so sorry. <laughs> but, uh, Vinny, do you have anything else you want to get to this week? No. Um, don't don't watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, Vinny, did you like this movie? Fuck no. Yeah. Hey, Frank, what did you think of this movie? Focus. Focus. Yeah, I would agree with you, Frank. Yeah, hey, I'm hey, with thanks, you on this one, buddy. Thanks for dropping by, Frank. I appreciate it. Yeah, hey, have a good night, man. And uh, hey, to all you folks at home, you have been listening to Did I Scare You? And I have been your host, Jake Albrecht. 
And I'm his co-host and little brother, Vin. And, uh, hey, thanks for the ride, lady. How you doing, lady? Thanks. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride, lady. Yeah.